This is the Accidental Safety Pearl brought to you by Vivid Learning Systems and the Health and Safety Institute, episode number nine. My name is Jill James, Vivid's Chief Safety Officer, and today I'm joined by Carolina, who is Senior Assistant to the Director of Safety and Security in the digital animation and production industry in California, specifically Pixar Animation Studios. Carolina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jill. Looking forward to it. This is so fun to have you here today. And we think about, you know, the digital animation and production industry, specifically Pixar, and maybe everyone who's listening is thinking safety in that industry. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? All I can think of right now are Buzz and Woody, you know? <laughs> and so maybe before we get into uh, your story about how you accidentally became a safety professional, let's maybe paint a picture for our audience of um, what the industry looks like by way of just like your physical location. I've been there. I've been on your campus, but maybe kind of walk our audience through um where your employees work and sort of what kind of what sort of hazards um, they have. Sure, absolutely. Um, we are a studio of about fourteen hundred employees within our campus. We actually have a cafe, so you have the safety component there. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually actually also have uh, diesel fuel because we have generators that run in case of an emergency. And so there you have another component of it. We Mm -hmm. actually also have, you know, animators that use sculpting and all of that. And we have classes here where people can come and paint and just have their creativity. So we have solvents, we have all that. And then we have janitorial staff that we contract out who also have chemicals around and all that. We also have officers here um, on campus and we do do a lot of training with them. Um, safety training as well on how to deal with, you know, everyday walking or lifting. Um, We do help and support our facilities department with our engineers who deal with the diesel fuels, like I've said before, and all Mm -hmm. of that. We also have a pool and those are chemicals that we deal with. We have forklifts. So Mm -hmm. it's a combination of a lot. We're a busy studio. Um, you know, moving offices back and forth with our facilities. So there's training there for them mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And multiple buildings, multiple buildings. Yes. Yeah. And even confined spaces exist in your, in your industry. We actually do. There's five of them on campus, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful campus. Um, and yes, you do get to see Buzz and Woody and other characters as well as you move about the campus. But, um, you know, more importantly, um, are, is the safety of all of those employees who are there. And that's a lot of employees on a campus. And I always think about campuses as like little cities, you know, essentially having many of the same types of hazards that exist um, in, in in small towns and small cities. You kind of have a little bit of everything. So it becomes right. a really big job for safety professionals. It does. And I think the greatest part of it here is that it's a little bit enclosed. So like you said, it's our own little city within mm-hmm. a city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the description of, uh, you know, painting the picture of what your beautiful campus looks like. I've been there um, myself and it's really beautiful and fun to, um, you know, walk around. And yes, if anyone's listening, um, who's listening rather, wonders if there are like big statues of like 
Buzz and Woody. Um, yes, there are. <laughs> and I remember seeing all of your Oscars in, uh, in an area where employees have their breaks and things, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, to be able to see that on your beautiful campus. But Carolina, you know, starting in safety and this podcast is all about how people become accidental safety pros. So I'm interested to hear to hear your journey on on how you got um, to where you are in your career so far. And um, and maybe maybe I know you kind of have an interesting start on to how you learned about all kinds of things mechanical, maybe starting back when you were a kid. So would you mind um, bringing us up to speed? Kind of what does what did your early life look like that kind of set the groundwork for this kind of career? And I remember going through many different schools um, within the the city, and then we established our life in San Bruno. Um, prior to that though, my dad always worked on cars Mm -hmm. and I'm the oldest of three. So Mm -hmm. instead of my brother, who's the baby helping him out with passing out the tools and stuff like that, I was the one sitting there while he was (laughs) fixing the car, handing Mm -hmm. him the tools. And that's how I started, um, learning a lot about the mechanical component. Um, then in high school, I decided that I did not want to do like home ec and all of that. (laughs) I actually wanted to take auto shop Mm-hmm. Because I I thought it would be fun and different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I did. And I was probably one of the few females in auto shop. But I loved it. It was mm-hmm. super cool. Then I could relate it to helping my dad out with the car, with the car and everything. So mm-hmm. auto shop was it. And that's where the mechanical component um, started <laughs> kicking in. And I needed a job, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I finished high school. My dad bought me a 1972 Camaro, which was my favorite car of all times. Oh, right? Yeah. (laughs) That sounds pretty fun. (laughs) Right. No AC, rolling Uh down the windows. Uh But my dad taught me how to maintain it, how to check my oil. He always wanted to meet have me be independent in case I ever got stranded somewhere. I knew how to change Mm -hmm. a tire or try to assess what's going on with the car. And with auto shop, I learned all that because at Mm -hmm. that time the vehicles were simple. There wasn't all this electronical stuff that Mm -hmm. vehicles currently have. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. So then I'm all like, I need a job. And then I try to be a server at this senior home. And I remember it was like, man, this is hard work. And I will never forget, but I accidentally spilled ketchup on one of the visitors who was wearing a white shirt. And I felt so bad. I'm like, yeah, this isn't me. I I need to get out of this field. Mm -hmm. So I started looking and I remember um, Jiffy Lube, the oil Mm -hmm. changer place, was Mm -hmm. looking for someone work the register. And I'm like, you know what? That sounds like a cool, easy job. So I applied and I was working the front. And, but I was really intrigued by the pit. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, what's going on in the pit? And of course the person that's working the pit, they're full of oil, you know, they're dirty. And I'm all like, that is super cool. I want to work the pit. Won't matter if you spill ketchup there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, you know, at that time the owner was like, no, girls should not be working in the pit. I'm all like, why not? It's changing oil. That's Mm -hmm. not difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, but of course I was hired to work the front or the register. So that didn't happen, but I always asked questions, you know, it got me a chance to actually 
go into the pit and look at things. So that was really cool. And then from there, you know, I was like, okay, what am I going to do with life? And I thought I was going to become an airplane mechanic. So again, we go back to this Back to mechanical, yeah. Back to mechanical. Mm -hmm. And I remember, yeah, I told my parents, they're like, okay, you're going to school. You don't have to work. I'm all like, perfect. And I was in this, I had to take this electronic class and I was all excited. I walk in, I'm the only female and we're ready to build our first ohm meter. I was like, yes, mm, this is wow. super cool. cool. So <laughs> I, I put my own meter together, you know, it works and everything. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to love this class. And the next week, because it was only once a week, I went back in and now we started talking mathematical, um, how to trace um, from the beginning to end the electrical current. And I mm -hmm. was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is <laughs> not working hands on with an airplane. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to know about electronical mm -hmm. component, which I am like, it was like a foreign language. Mm -hmm. And you'd already and, done that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm just going to take general ed. My parents were super supportive as long as I kept going to school or trying mm -hmm. to have a plan, you know, and I started taking my general ed. I became friends with um, this guy at school and he was actually going, um, he was taking the fire uh classes because that's he wanted to be a firefighter mm -hmm. so um he's like you know what you should actually see if you want to become a firefighter why don't you just come to my class one day and see what it's like Excellent. I'm like you know what why not so mm -hmm. I did and I fell in love <laughs> um, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. You know, I knew I had it in me to always help for some reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it seemed like a very rewarding career. Plus, of course, there's not too many females. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know, this is a great challenge for me. And I think I can totally do it. And I fell in love. And, you know, I finished my fire classes and the fire academy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was great. I became certified as an EMT. So we had that medical component in Wonderful. there too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I did that and, you know, I tried to, I tried to apply, but this was like in the mid nineties where it was difficult. I mean, you had hard to like, get a job. Mm -hmm. Yes. You had about mm -hmm. 5,000 applicants to two um, hiring that a certain city was doing. That's how demanding it was. Right. So, uh, meanwhile, I was like, what am I going to do? I still need to work, you know, figure that out. And I had a friend that worked for the city of Menlo Park and asked, hey, my aunt is looking for rec leaders for the summer. Do you want to work it? I'm like, yeah, I like kids. Why not? It paid mm -hmm. good for the summer while I was mm -hmm. trying to become a firefighter. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's that found me, actually, that job. And um, fell in love with working with kids. It was nice and rewarding. You know, safety came into play with that because of we course. had to make sure that, you know, we had a safety plan for evacuations, carry our first aid kits and all of that. So I was exposed to that a little bit at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the director asked me to stay on, uh, the rec director asked me to stay on. And I did because I still was looking for a job. And mm -hmm. from there, uh, I stayed with the city of Menlo Park and I worked with kids. I realized that the fire field was going to be definitely hard to get into. A little but bit it of a was weight. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a weight. Mm -hmm. And 
but I fell in love with working with kids. And mm-hmm. I realized, you know, yes, I can't be a firefighter anymore, but I'm, this is still rewarding. And I did that. Mm-hmm. So I stayed with the city for many years mm-hmm. and I worked my way up, ran an after school program in summer camps. And that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And again, you had to do fire drills. You had to make sure that, you know, everything was safe for the kids because we had kinder through ninth uh, eighth grade, I believe. And, you know, safety was in there too, you know, and you were using your EMT skills occasionally, mm -hmm. I bet as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we all had to get CPR and first aid certified Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. So, you know, it was just really fun and intriguing, but I needed something, a change. And the police department was hiring an admin assistant for the, uh, commander. So I applied and I got the job and I worked mm-hmm. for the police department for almost 10 years there. And wow. within that, I ended up my actually commander at the time, it was, she's one of the few female commanders within that area. Mm-hmm. And her background was emergency management. Mm. And that's where I got into it even more. She was not only my boss, but my mentor. Mm-hmm. And because of her, I really fell in love with the emergency management component you know, of, you know, fire drills, making sure we are all prepared, training our city staff and Mm -hmm. all of that. So I did that and I fell in love with it. And, and, you know, I was loving what I was doing. So after that, a year's back, like maybe a two years, three years ago or Mm -hmm. so, I was asked to work for um, HR, Human Resource Department needed help. So I said, of course. Still within the city. Within the city, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, sure, why not? You know, and I helped them out. And that's where I learned, you know, more of the safety component because we had someone from an outside agency come in and do all of our safety checks Mm -hmm. within. So we had public works. We had, you know, of course, we had the police department. We had child care centers within. We had the rec department which had pool, we had many, we had a few pools there, we had classes running in and out. And so multiple it work was, multiples. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always remember seeing the gentleman that would come out and do inspections and tell us, hey, you know, you're not you're out of compliance here. And I'm like, gosh, okay, this is kind of cool. And then I got involved with helping out with workers comp. So mm. that was fun. And it, mm-hmm. it was a great exposure to that. Uh, so then I had to help set up uh, safety uh, meetings and stuff like that, but I wasn't fully involved, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I was a little bit exposed to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before you know it, there was an opportunity that came and I heard Pixar was hiring and, you know, they needed a senior assistant in the security realm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what, this is kind of different and cool. I think I've done everything I needed to do. I was very grateful in my career path with the city and the police department, but mm-hmm. I wanted more. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to be enriched even more so. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go ahead and update my resume and, mm-hmm. you know, put in. But what was intriguing was the fact that it was safety and security, which was really mm-hmm. interesting component. Mm-hmm. And then and you had and you had that strong basically had built a really strong security background, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So I knew my transition was going to be easy, but at the same time I figured I was going to not only learn private um, security, but I was also going to learn something about safety, which mm-hmm. I didn't know what that looked like at that time. So I did a little, little bit of exposure. <laughs> right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I looked into I looked at what 
because the manager at the time was environmental health, right, and safety manager. I'm like, what the heck is that? Mm -hmm. So, of course, I'm Googling it because I need to be prepared because he's on my panel and I want to make sure you know, what his job was. Can and speak I speak to it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so as I started learning about it, I was, I'm like, this is cool. I like it. It had a, you know, that job had a component of, you know, safety, which is emergency management as well. But it had a little bit more like training, which I helped assist with training components within the city. So it was really cool. I'm like, okay, this is cool. And mm -hmm. I ended up getting the job. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was excited. I didn't realize how lucky I was that I actually was working for Pixar because it was very hard. It's hard to get into. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was I like, imagine. okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, wow, I'm super honored. So I built a great relationship um, with the environmental health and safety manager. I learned so much from him. He was amazing. And I kept asking him questions. I'm like, I want to learn your job. What does it mean? You know, what are you doing? You mm -hmm. know, and he did. He was really a great, um, great teacher in a sense and mentor. And I said, maybe one day I might want to you know, do what you do. Because uh, I knew I didn't want to stay just as a senior assistant. Not like there's nothing wrong with it, but mm -hmm. just seeing like this whole other component in, in the world. And, you know, protecting our employees. Mm -hmm. I thought that was awesome. The mm -hmm. fact that, you know, the training is so essential to make sure that they don't get hurt on the job to prevent, mm -hmm. you know, it's like this whole thing about preventable. And I was like, this is great. So that's how I started even falling more into it and, you know, learning about OSHA regulations and all of that. And then he ended up leaving um, and went on a whole new venture for himself. So then he suggested things that I should take on to our supervisor at the time mm -hmm. when it came to safety. And that's how I was given the safety component. <laughs> so that was my safety hat. I was not only the senior assistant to the director, but now I'm doing the safety component too. Wow. And fell in love. And, you know, mm -hmm. he had great resources like yourself, you know, with vivid training and all of that. And I'm mm -hmm. all like, I'm going to reach out because I'm just, I, I don't know, where am I going? He, the fact that the foundation was laid out was really mm -hmm. nice and mm -hmm. easy it's just maintaining it from there on, right? right so, right. well, you had you had built a really great foundation for yeah. yourself, Carolina, with all of the work that you had been doing, you know, in your previous job with the city and all the different all the different departments and exposures. You really were building a really um, a great exposure list, you know, from from workers' compensation to the security piece to the, to, you know, some of the medical management pieces and the uh, emergency action, uh, things that you were doing. You were really um, gearing yourself up to step into this role. And so I think by the time you and I met um, and you had accidentally came into that <laughs> job, which really wasn't an accident because, you know, I know you didn't plan your path, but look at all the great things you had done to be able to get um, to the role that you're in right now. Exactly. It was, it's been it's been really fun to um, to help where where I can with uh, with your journey at Pixar. Yeah. So the um, the day to day, the day to day work that um, that you're doing now with safety, you know, you're not 
un, you're not different than a lot of people in the safety field, whereas there's fires that you're trying to put out every day, not literal fires, mm-hmm. but safety things that are happening. Mm-hmm. How has how has that transition been looking for you in terms of like how are you able to work through those fires every day and kind of what resources are you reaching out to? Well, you know, because we are a Disney company as well, I have my Disney partners that deal with safety and environmental mm-hmm. health. Um, and I've actually reached out and introduced myself to them in the beginning and asked if they could help guide me and answer questions for me if I ever had any. And that's how, you know, it all started. I mean, it's like there isn't always fires that we have to put out because we have our facilities department. They're really good about, you know, safety and believing in that. Our studio is a huge supporter of it. So just keeping up with the maintenance of, you know, making sure everyone's up to certifications that they may need, you know, from forklift operator to CPR and first aid to, you know, HASCOM and all of that. So it's just making sure that I'm continuing on the regulations, making sure Mm -hmm. we're still OSHA compliant. And again, these things just surface up. I mean, I was on board Maybe I want to say about four months in Mm -hmm. and I get a call from the environmental health inspector saying, hey, I need to schedule a visit. (laughs) And I'm all like, huh? (laughs) Who is that? (laughs) Who? Environmental what? Uh And so, you know, I was very open and honest. And I think that's what's helped me out is I'm not afraid to say I don't know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. Let me come Mm -hmm. back. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm really, I have no clue what you're talking about, but I can find out. And I've Mm -hmm. always done that throughout my life and my careers. So, of course, we had to update our hazard material business plan. And I'm all like, what? Mm-hmm. What is that? What is that? I, mm-hmm. I have no idea. I have never seen it. And of course, my luck, it happened to be the five years that he was here to review it. And oh, it, it only happens landed. every five years and then you get it. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm all like, crap, okay, I'll just get it together. I ended up finding it because um, the previous manager for environmental health, he had everything together. So it was easy and as well as my previous director. So I've got the information and I was ready to go. And I swear to you, I was like, as we were walking through, because he's looking at everything, right? Making sure, you know, where we had hazard materials and all of that. And then he mentioned SPCC. I'm all like, what the hell is that? Uh And he's like, you do have, yeah. He's like, you do have your SPCC plan ready to go for me to review. I'm like, "Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) I was like total confident about it. We definitely, I knew we had it. I just didn't know where. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm, I will never forget. I'm texting my director. I'm all like SPCC, huh? With like a question Mm -hmm. mark. And Mm -hmm. he's like, huh? We got to figure this out. So as we're walking, I'm Googling SPCC. What does that mean? And then I'm all like, oh, my God, the spill prevention, blah, blah. Mm, I'm all like, you oh, know. I think yeah. I've seen this binder yes. somewhere. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, mm-hmm. that's where I ended up learning a lot about the environmental health component, mm-hmm. uh, which was really awesome to learn. And of mm-hmm. course, you're, you're dealing with hazardous material. I had fire background. So, you know, I, I was it able to read. It made mm-hmm. sense, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is so cool. So he was super cool and understanding when I said, hey, you're going to have to like walk me through this whole thing and I will make the corrections that we need to make and everything. So it worked out and, you know, we are in compliance now. So that was something that I was like, yay, it's been accomplished. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, when we, so many of us, when we are in our safety jobs, no matter where it is, and no matter how many times we've changed um, work, sometimes we walk into these organizations where there's nothing with safety Mm -hmm. and nothing's been done and we're creating things from the ground up. And other times we're walking into someone else's work, Mm -hmm. but we don't have the benefit of having had like a tour essentially of what that work was to be able to step into it, which is, you know, what your situation was. Right. There was a foundation, but you didn't really know where to unearth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it right. wasn't it wasn't presented to you in a way but you've managed to figure it out you were you were mentioning before the resources that you've built and you've reached out to um disney um but you've also reached out to other other organizations and other governmental bodies as you're trying to um educate yourself and keep mm-hmm. c- and continually training yourself one of our one of our other podcast guests um dr todd lusheen said um in in a session that we did together that your net worth is your net work hmm. and i that really stuck with me and as i'm listening to you i'm thinking how you've been building your network of people to reach out to mm-hmm. to continue to continue educating yourself and you've not been afraid to reach out to other governmental um regulatory bodies rather you know california has a lot of a lot of regulations sometimes different than the rest of the country, oftentimes leading the rest of the country. But maybe, maybe could you share, Carolina, how you've reached out to some of those other governmental bodies? Because I think a lot of people have a fear of doing that, but you've mm-hmm. had success. I have. You know, I, I knew that Cal OSHA is different than Fed OSHA. So I decided to just Google Cal OSHA and Google has been like a friend of mine. And Mm -hmm. um, it looks like we actually, Cal OSHA offers amazing free training for, Mm -hmm. you know, new people getting into the field of, you know, all of that. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to start taking like the original, like the beginning classes of, okay, what is what is environmental? What are OSHA requirements in California? Mm-hmm. And with the support of my director, I, which I'm blessed to have, you know, I've been going to these trainings because there's so many resources out there is just looking for them. And yeah. then when you go to these classes, you know, you're dealing with, of course, people that um, have, you know, they're running other type of different businesses. But at the end of the day, I realize that it's what's best in the safety of the workers. And mm-hmm. that's the main goal. So, you know, that has been a huge, huge help. Also reaching out to you as far as what kind of, you know, which background should I, what do I need a certificate? What? And, you know, taking OSHA 10 has really helped to mm-hmm. open up my eyes and then I can relate. I, I love the fact that I'm a hands-on person already. So knowing that what I'm doing now makes sense when I'm taking my OSHA 10 
It's like mm-hmm. I can relate what I'm learning in the classroom per se versus what I'm actually doing mm-hmm. hands-on. And that's been essential. Um, that's been, you guys have been an awesome resource and, you know, there's just some, so much out there and I'm not afraid to call our environmental health inspector and say, Hey, you know, did I do this right? Is this okay? Right. Um, and there's nothing but so much help out there. And, and I asked him, do I need to be certified, you know, to be like an environment, have environmental health under me? He's like, no, what, how you got into it is basically how we've all gotten into it. <laughs> That's affirming. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's just so important um, for anyone starting out in safety, particularly to to not be afraid to reach out to those um, regulatory bodies. You know, mm-hmm. I think people fear it because they think, well, now we're going to get inspected. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to come looking around because now I've maybe admitted I don't know as much as I should. And um, that's that's really an urban myth. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, governmental regulatory bodies have to have probable cause to come and do inspections and asking for help is not one of those reasons. So for anyone Correct. listening, I encourage you to, you know, follow along with uh, follow follow Carolina's advice and, uh, and reach out and, and, uh, help teach yourself. I think that's, I think that's great. Um, I know one of the other things that you've uh, worked on since you've been, um, with Pixar is really building relationships internally with some of your, particularly your department heads. Can you mm-hmm. maybe talk about how you've been doing that to be able to advance the work that you've been, um, doing with, yeah, with workplace safety? Absolutely. Um, I think you said it in one of your, podcast that you did where you have to build a great relationship with those are go- that are going to help you succeed in safety and to go in there as being a regulatory I'm telling you this is what has to be done so we're doing it it's building a trust with them and mm-hmm. I think just since I've been here and my work ethics has already built that tr- started building that trust since I've been here and I'm almost two years on that mm-hmm they trust me enough to to know, okay, if we're doing this, there's a reason behind why we're doing it. And again, you know, super supportive. Safety always comes first in our studio. So I have to say I'm really lucky to have that type of relationship. And my director also has a great relationship with uh, management and all of that. So it it helps. It's a team effort and they realize that and, you know, and it's awesome. I think I'm mm-hmm. really lucky to that because I know that it's not always easy that you can always get pushed back, but the facility director is just awesome, protect, wanting to protect her staff because, you know, there's engineers, there's techs, you know, they're doing all these movement, they're working with, you know, and like I've said, um, you know, just a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. the training for them is so essential that, you know, it's just having that dialogue and going in there, hey, we're in this together. Mm -hmm. For example, it's not just me. I need you because you're the expert matter on, let's say, um, electrical, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said, you're the expert matter, not me. So let's work together on making sure that we're doing everything correct. And bringing them into the safety world behind the scenes, I think, helps build that relationship. Right, right. 
Do you think, Carolina, when you look back at, you know, the, the early parts of when you were when you were learning all those mechanical things and you wanted to be working in the oil changing pit and you're learning, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how to do car maintenance and taking mm-hmm. care of all of that. And, you know, even your even your your background in schooling with in, in the emergency services, when you're doing your job now, are there times that that you feel like you're kind of bringing back some of that experience and applying it to relate to some of the employees or some of the training or mm-hmm. how does, how does Absolutely. that work for you? Yeah, it really does. Uh, you know, it's not like I have to say, here's my resume. This is what I've done. I think it's when I've asked the questions that you, when you ask the right questions with someone that deals with, for example, our generators, because, you know, it's just amazing equipment, right? Mm-hmm, but you still mm-hmm. have the same mechanical components that some cars have. Mm-hmm. So being so asking the right questions, they're like, oh, okay. She she actually has some knowledge when it comes mm-hmm. to that. So that's how I bring it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Same same for me. I, I um, grew up in a blue collar family and my dad worked in a factory. I, I've often applied, you know, like would my would this, whatever I'm trying to train or speak about or the way that I'm presenting would have my dad at his factory or the people that he worked with at the time would have, would have they um, been able to understand this in a way that was, you know, what's in it for them and relatable or what, you know, was Mm -hmm. I presenting something in a, in a manner that they'd look at me, you know, like, she's got two heads. What is she talking about here? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and, and uh, it's always been kind of my acid test um, throughout my career and uh, has been, has been very helpful to have had that mm-hmm. background. Exactly. Yeah. And I think too, is, you know, before I even got into the safety component, it's just building relationships. It doesn't have to be as part of the safety or, you know, or security. Mm-hmm. It's just being able to just get to know the people you work with. Yeah. And and I think that once you build those relationships, whatever you need as you move on and you're doing things within your career, it really they're willing to help and right. you know and be a team member because they're like, yeah, she's actually pretty cool and nice, and I definitely would like to help her. And I think because I built those relationships prior um, with especially our facility folks that it really did make the whole transition into the safety component easier. Right, right. Yeah, I call it trusted advising. You know, if you build those relationships with people, you become a trusted advisor and they become your trusted mm-hmm. advisor so that when when you're trying to tackle and unwind a regulation that's applicable to someone's um, specific job task, you're able mm-hmm. to get with them and say, okay, this is, this is what I'm seeing, this is what I'm reading, this is what I'm hearing. Yes. Tell me about how this works in your day-to-day work life. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about those exposures. Let's talk about the fact I want you to go home with all of your parts and pieces right. back to your family. And so together, let's figure this out. And mm-hmm. um, and, and, and then you, yeah, you become each other's trusted advisor. Yes. And that's how it's been. And, you know, it's awesome. And it's, and you see it as it comes out, you know, Mm -hmm. like for example, we had an, uh, one of our engineers up on the roof, hearing them call it into our, into the radio, letting us know that they're up there. You know, it was awesome Mm -hmm. because we had this conversation before. It's like, I know you guys are everywhere, but what happens when you're up on the roof? Do you let us know? They're like, well, you know, we're usually working. I go, but 
could you like do it for just our own sanity? Because if we do have an earthquake or, or, you know, maybe something happens, you may have a heart attack, anything, at least Mm -hmm. we'll know you're up in the, you know, up in the roof and we can follow up and monitor you and see, and those things or else we will never know. And I'm like, cause you know, at the end of the day, we really just want to make sure that you're safe mm-hmm. and that's all it took. And mm-hmm. they're awesome. And you know, they've been doing that. They're like, Hey, yeah. we're on the radio and we're up on the roof. We're like, yeah, great. Letting, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Letting people know where you are. That's, that's, that's so wonderful that you've been able to get people to do that. You know, people are often working solo or alone in places, particularly in those kind of maintenance jobs, or maybe it's mm-hmm. one or two people working somewhere in in the time that I was that I was with OSHA and I investigated um, so many workplace deaths, nearly mm-hmm. all of them were people working alone. Mm-hmm. In fact, I can't think of a single one out of the thirty some deaths I investigated where there was a witness. Wow. You know, where someone was there, people were always working alone. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was always putting together those pieces. And, and for any of us in the safety, in the safety field, you know, what you've instituted with having your employees let you know where they are on a big campus or in a big facility, any kind of large facility that someone's going to be in a particular area helps inform you whether, well, should this be a solo job? Should somebody mm-hmm. be working with them? Is this really um, meant for more than, you know, two people or when it's those one-off situations mm-hmm. where you as the safety person can say, Hey, you know, what are you doing today again? Okay. I know you told mm-hmm. me you're going to be here, but what's the job task? And then it mm-hmm. cues you in to know, you know, it, it, should there be some air monitoring happening? Do they have all the right gear they need? Should there be more than one person? Do we have to be thinking about confined space rescue planning or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, that's a, that's a great relationship that you've built with your staff right. so that Thank they're, you. Well, they're, they're, um, you know, they're amazing. And, you know, I mean, all of them and again, safety is a priority for them too. So I've been really lucky because it's, it's just a bunch of great people to work with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's not just me. It's a team effort. Right, right. What has been um, maybe one of the more uh, fun challenges that you've that you've uh, been able to tackle at Pixar and say, hmm, I didn't know how I was going to do this, but I did it. I succeeded. Something that you're particularly um, maybe proud of, or that was a, a fun professional challenge for you. Um, it was definitely when the environmental health um, <laughs> inspector came on, and you know there were certain things we needed to fix, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like I have to fix this. You know, I took it in as like. Of course, I'm like the one that thinks like the worst case scenario. We're going to get cited. We're going to have to pay all these fees. And, you know, oh, um, my goodness, uh, I have to do it. And I'm going to mm-hmm. figure it out a way to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it worked out really well because I was able to, you know, fix um, fix the correct fix the corrections that were needed mm-hmm. and you know, when I see this email coming back from the environmental health inspector saying, you have met everything, you're, you're in compliance, it felt so good. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. was just like, I cannot believe <laughs> that I actually accomplished it. But it wasn't just me accomplishing it. It was reaching out 
you know, to my resources and saying, mm-hmm. hey, ha- um, how do I update this, my hazard, you know, the HM, whatever. See, again, acronyms, mm-hmm. they're right? just like horrible sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the HMVP, how do I, up- mm-hmm. how do I do all this? How, how do I fill it out? And, you know, asking the inspector, do you have time to show me how I need to go into Koopa and Koopa, I've never heard of Koopa in my entire life until he came on, until he was Mm -hmm. here. So, you know, just asking that and giving me those resources that I was able to accomplish it, you know. Also, we have the Bloom Energy system here on campus. And because Cal OSHA is a little bit more stringent than Fed OSHA, Mm -hmm. um, they actually had copper um, installed copper in one of their um, chargers or something, but copper is considered a hazard material in California. Hmm. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they did, of course, that's what they do. And speaking with um, whoever deals with all of these um, HM, see again, HMVPs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, we built a great relationship. I connected with him. He's like, I do these all the time. Let me help you. Here's how you have to go through it. And then I was able to do it on my own. That That's a great success story. And what, a you know, it's the work ethic that every employer wants, the, how you're digging into these things and figuring it out. And you're talking about safety, but Carolina, you have learned a lot about environmental as well, which often mm-hmm. is, which, which is often another, another avenue that safety people end up having um, having under their, under their purview as well. So we're, so many of us are self-taught in the environmental and um, unless of course you went to college uh, for that and maybe know a little bit more about it, but it's, it's often a part of the safety practice that, uh, those of us who accidentally got into it didn't know we were going to have to get so dangerously knowledgeable or, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> very knowledgeable in that. Um, I, I, uh, I was remembering a story that you had told me about when um, filming was taking place on one of mm. one of Pixar's latest. I think maybe was it Coco. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. And um, you you needed to do something with set safety, and this yes. was also this was also a first time adventure for you with set safety. So do you want to talk about like how did sure. you approach that one? Well, apparently we have a motion caption. Um, studio here on campus Mm -hmm. and I was and someone said oh yeah um we're gonna be doing some filming in the mocap I'm like mocap Mm -hmm. huh what the heck is that you know and then I was educated by I'm like Mm -hmm. oh that's pretty cool but this is where I learned about you know say having a safety person on set Mm -hmm. and I'm all like oh shoot we have to have a safety talk they need to know about things and then I started putting two and two together now Fast and the Furious is one of my favorite movies in the world (laughs) and there was so many things in there and then it just hit me I was like oh my gosh, there must have been a safety person on set to make sure that everyone's lifting the ladders correctly, making sure they're not too close to the fire, whatever, wearing fire retardant. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, it was like an epiphany. It just like my mind just blew up and I was like, this is craziness. Um, Mm -hmm. But exciting at the same time, not Mm -hmm. realizing that also that's part of safety. Right, right. You know, dealing... And then I reached out to you and I said, oh, my goodness, how do we get a safety person out there? What do we do? And again, you know, I, of course, 
it's having that confidence. And I think sometimes I question it, you know, mm -hmm. could I mm -hmm. do it? But wait, I actually do because it's just all about how to lift things correctly, you mm -hmm. know, making mm -hmm. sure we have enough fire extinguishers in case, teaching people that are working on the sets where our fire extinguishers are. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, this is all making sense to me yeah, now. It's, it's hazard recognition skills no <laughs> mm -hmm. matter where you are, whether you're no on a matter. motion capture set or, or you're in a power plant or you're mm -hmm. in your cafeteria, you know, yes, it's all identifying exactly. the hazards. Mm -hmm. Right. So we were able to go ahead and, you know, create, add a little, another fire. I mean, we just fixed the little things where it came to the safety component, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you're looking at a set and you see any trip hazards, you correct them or, you know, and then you give them a chat, a talk about, Hey, if there's a, a fire alarm, here's your exit routes, things like mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. that was actually pretty cool to sure. say. I learned how to do that. Right, right. Yeah. And so for the for the people listening, you're wondering what motion capture is. And I'm, you know, not an expert in this, but we have people who do motion capture um, for the for the training that we that we uh, produce at Vivid Learning Systems. It's essentially people acting things out with uh, specific electrical. It's probably not electrical, but components on their on their bodies where the film is able to pick it up and maybe they're animating it later. Mm -hmm. And so they're they're acting things out. So if you can imagine. Um, Carolina, you may have people that were climbing on ladders or maybe they mm -hmm. were standing at heights or they were jumping off of something that would, you know, later turn into some piece in, a, in an animated film. You're, you're looking at those kind of hazards and you're looking at electrical hazards with all the, mm -hmm. with all the electrical, um, components and cables and cords that are going to, to cameras and lights and all that business, right. making sure that you didn't have, uh, you know, things were grounded properly and you didn't have trip hazards and, and all of that business. Yeah. Yes, so exactly. Yeah, congratulations on figuring and figuring that <laughs> out too. Um, I I think did did your name end up being in the credits for that film uh, for safety as well? Uh, for this smoke up, no, it has not been yet. But mm -hmm. no, not at all. <laughs> it'll it'll happen it you're takes still, a while you're, you're still you're still young in this part of the job but you know when when I go to movies now and I'm you know sit around and at the end and you're watching the credits and you're reading everything um you do get to see safety and the people who have the safety jobs on those film sets mm -hmm. and so it's just another piece of the safety profession is really literally everywhere um, that human beings are working. I'm, you know, I'm often mm -hmm. asked, you know, like Jill, who does safety apply to? It's every work environment. It's everywhere that people, everywhere that human beings work. We all have different degrees of hazards that people are exposed to, and and our work applies to all of them, which is mm -hmm. which is so great and enriching, and gives us so many opportunities and places to work in our profession. Yeah, and you actually bring it home with you too, because I've noticed that. I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I'm like walking around my apartment complex and I see like this total violation. I'm all like, why are they running electricity from this place to that? I'm like, okay, wait, I'm not at work. This is my home. And of course I went to the manager. I'm like, um, you need to really check because someone's using an extension cord that shouldn't be used for mm -hmm. outdoors. <laughs> and I'm all like, whoa, what the heck? It's hilarious. I do the same. I do the same thing. Uh, I think it'd be, I think we'd be hard pressed to find a safety professional that doesn't bring it home. It's just to what, 
you know, to what mm-hmm. degree, but I, I do the same thing. I was at my CrossFit gym this morning and I noticed that a, an electrical um, cord was like hanging out of the outlet a little bit. And when they do that, it can build heat. And, mm. uh, and, and, you know, my eye is tracked to see that stuff. And so I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a drink of water, but I see this cord and I, you know, stick it back in the outlet and tighten it up. I'm not, you know, I'm not telling anybody that I'm <laughs> correcting a hazard exactly. at the gym, but you just see these things and you do it because it's, <laughs> it's how we're wired now to be able to do that. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's great. Um, so do your, do your kids, um, I think that mom, you know, what are you, what is the safety business and does it spill into their lives as well? And are they, uh, are they, are they, are they thinking you're a weird mom? Like my son thinks I'm weird. Oh, <laughs> I think they always thought I was weird only because, <laughs> you know, working in a police department, you oh, know, right. I, I've made them aware of things mm-hmm. and, you know, so I would always come home with stories so they could learn from them and things like that. So they've always thought I was weird when it came to that. I remember when my daughter started school in San Francisco and I'm like, oh my gosh, my daughter's in downtown San Francisco and she's going to the school that's in a building. And I'm all like, hey, do they have an emergency evacuation plan? And are you aware of it? She Mm -hmm. looked at me like, what? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm just saying, if you, if there's an earthquake in San Francisco, do you know what you need to do? Because there's not going to be BART. We have BART as our transportation, which is a train. I said, all that's gone. You can't cross the bridge. That's the only way you're going to get to me. I said, does school have a plan? And she's like, not that I'm aware of. I was like, can you ask? She goes, no. What am I going to look like asking mom? Really? I'm like, mm-hmm. then I'm going to ask. She's like, no, please don't. Don't embarrass me, mom. Mm-hmm. But you asked, <laughs> so, right? I, I sure as heck did. <laughs> That's right. Me too. Say, so I've uh, I've asked the same question every year. School starts, and I'm walking through the building with my with my child, trying to find you know where the classrooms are and all of that stuff. And at the same time, I'm asking him to notice his exits. Mm-hmm. Now, when yes. we're in this, yeah, right. So you've done this too. Oh so, my gosh! You know, yes. If, if there's a fire, if there's a violent incident, if there's a chemical release, um, I live in the middle of the country, so I don't have to worry about earthquakes like you do, but we're identifying exits and I'm talking to him about his emergency plan and where the gathering space is going mm-hmm. to be and all of that. And, uh, he's gotten, he's gotten used to it, but his eyes certainly roll. He was, uh, recently with his friends at a panic at the disco concert. Mm. I, uh, big, big giant, um, venue they were at. Mm-hmm. And I had said to him in the morning before he left, I said, um, I want you to remember, um, situational awareness mm-hmm. when you get to that venue. And he looks at me and he, he knows what those terms mean yes. because he's my child. Right. And he says, okay, mom, you know, rolls his eyes. And, uh, he, I get a text from him right before the concert's starting. He sends me a picture of the stage and he says, I have my merchandise. I've got my concert t-shirts. My two exits are identified. I <laughs> like, love that. I'm like, this is my child. <laughs> but it you know, is it's so cute. And it's not that we're raising our kids to be fearful. We're raising them to be prepared. Right. And I think there's a, I think that, um, that can be sort of, uh, you know, people, people in safety or who talk about safety or who worked, you know, in law mm-hmm. enforcement, like, 
like you have, it's like, oh, if we talk about this, we're just going to drum up fear in people. Mm-hmm. But um, it's so it's so not that. It's right. so how to be prepared. It's so that it becomes part of your daily life to just kind of bake this into how you walk through mm-hmm. the world. Absolutely. And, uh, and how, you're, how you're preparing yourself to <laughs> yes. stay safe. And, you know, the incidents that happen nationwide is also another. Our kids are all about social media and everything. Yeah. You know, the Las Vegas shooting. I mean, that was, that was an eye-awakening, I think, for the entire nation. And mm-hmm. even for our, the young generation, this generation of going to concerts and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. something that we've always preached to our kids, make sure, you know, your exit signs do not get too front. Make sure that you're able to access, don't forget where your car is. Those mm-hmm. things that you instill in them, you know, mm-hmm. when they go out and they actually see something horrific as that incident, the then they relate it and they're like, well, this is what mom was saying. Now I understand why she was saying what she was saying. And it's okay to have those conversations. You know what I do? It's so funny because my daughter goes to concerts too, but it's with a group of friends. When they're all sitting down together, planning their, the next day I sit there and I actually, they don't know it, but I actually give them a safety talk. (laughs) You know, I'm all like, do not go in front of the stage because you're going to be, if anything happens, you're not going to be able to get out, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 you know? And Mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, okay, great. Thanks. I appreciate that. But they don't even realize it. Right. Yeah. Makes sense to them. I do these, um, I do these little, well, I guess maybe pop quizzes with the family, right? And uh, I, I live in a state where the Mall of America is, you know, giant mall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was with my mother there, oh, maybe uh, two years ago. And I said, let's just stop for a second in one of these halls. And just we stood against the wall and I said, I'd like you to find two exits right now that are not the way that we came in. That mm-hmm. it's not the stairs. It's not the elevator. Show me two exits. And she starts mm-hmm. looking around and she said, oh, I see them. I see them over there and I see them over there. And, and I said, right. But you know, when we're going through our life in these really big places, we're not necessarily noticing where those signs are because it's not the same way that we came in. And it's not the, you know, it's not the normal traffic pattern, but they exist everywhere. We just have Mm -hmm. to tune our eyes to be able to look for those things and then give yourself permission that if there is an emergency for any reason, that it's okay to go through those doors it not, might not be the ones that people are using all the time, but they'll always lead you out. And, uh, and, and so she's made that part of her practice and something that I've taught my son as well. And it's part of what, um, what we put into our, um, active shooter response training mm-hmm. course that we, that we offer at Vivid is really trying to teach people that situational awareness, which we use right. for, you know, lots of things in our life. Um, but it's just, um, making it part of our practice. Mm-hmm. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Carolina, um, what's, I'm, I was wondering, you had, you had said that you, you, uh, were a Spanish speaker when you, um, when you started out and now you're bilingual, maybe you're okay. trilingual by now, not sure. Do you ever get, do you ever get to use your language skills, um, in your job? Oh, absolutely. Um, definitely in the city that I worked for, I used it all the time. Um, translations to when it came to within the police department. But here, too, I've been able to use my Spanish because we have actually, um, we contract out our services for cleanings and all of that. And mm-hmm. I 
actually get to use my Spanish when it comes to that. You know, one day we had someone splash a little solution. I think it was detergent solution in their eye. And I was able to, you know, translate into Spanish um, because they were more comfortable speaking Spanish than English. Mm -hmm. And I was able to do that. So I love every time I have the opportunity to continue to practice my Spanish, even mm -hmm. though now I feel like Spanish is my second language. I mean, it's like so <laughs> weird. I'm like, wait, when I came to the States, you know, Spanish was my first language. English mm -hmm. became my second. And as I transitioned mm -hmm. through, now I feel like English is my primary and Spanish is my secondary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so powerful to be able to, to be able to do your job um, being bilingual. Yes, it has yeah, definitely yeah. helped. Yeah. 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 Jealous of that. Jealous of that. Wish I had that part. Um. You know what? You just need to take a year off and then just emerge yourself Immerse. in a Latin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all you have to do. <laughs> oh, that's simple. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so what's it, what's it like working every day in, in somewhat of a famous place, Carolina? You know, I still can't believe I'm here. Uh, every time I pull into our, our studio and seeing just the writing Pixar in the entry, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm actually working for such an incredible company. Mm -hmm. And just seeing the films, you know, from beginning to end, it's just, I'm just such, it's just like awe. I'm still in awe and I'm going to be here almost two years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. How, how fun, how fun. It's, it's a lot of fun and, you know, it's just an amazing company. I just can't you know, again, this is my first private company I've ever worked in my entire life. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky that it's Pixar. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Carolina, as we, to as we close our time out um, together today, I'm wondering if you have any particular advice for other safety professionals, particularly, particularly women starting out, mm -hmm. um, anything that you'd, anything that you'd like to share? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's hard for us to have somewhat of a command presence and have that confidence that we know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's doing your homework, researching it, reviewing it, asking questions, go to your resources, find a mentor that you, um, that you know that will help you out and just go in confidence. I think that is such a huge key. And I'm still learning that. Um, but I think mm -hmm. that too. is the hardest thing for us women to, we of course walk into a room and, oh my gosh, it's a female that's dealing with safety. Really? Because majority of them are men. We mm -hmm. know that, but mm -hmm. just to have that confidence and that command presence, like, yeah, you know what? I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Carolina, thank you so much for the generosity of your time today. Oh, we really you. appreciate it. Really appreciate it. And thank you all so much for joining in and listening today. And thank you for the work that you all do to make sure your workers make it home safe every day. You can listen to all of our episodes at vividlearningsystems.com or subscribe to the podcast in the podcast player of your choosing. Or you could also find us on YouTube. If you happen to have a suggestion for a guest, including maybe if it's you, please contact me at social at vividlearningsystems.com. Until next time, thank you for listening.